G'day party people, this is your one and only source into the shenanigans of a couple of Sheilas. I'm your host, Emma Henrahan, and along with my trailblazing guests, we'll be sharing all of our juicy stories, our biggest secrets, the what not to do's, the lessons we've learnt, or the mistakes, and too many times we've been baked. Stay tuned, you're listening to Sheilas and Shenanigans. Welcome, welcome, welcome. It's season two, episode four. And today we are here with one of the most beautiful humans I know. She is as pure as they come and someone who has been on an absolute journey and a half, quite literally, and whilst on a mission to find a solution for irritable skin. But in the process, she has founded The Solution and my current all-time favorite and now only facial skincare product, a prickly pear seed oil by Ollie Ollie. So without further ado, I introduce to you my absolute favorite sustainability queen, the one and only Ella Fletcher. Hello, Em. Thank you so much for having me on today. I'm pretty excited, pretty nervous, but uh, yeah, let's let's go. Well, we got an absolute pleasure, sis. It's been amazing catching up with you this morning and hearing more about your story, but also your passion. Every single thing I feel like in your life has led to this product. And I'm so grateful to be someone who has been able to use it as of the past week and (laughs) see uh, the results, but also have a similar story to you. So I'm excited to dive in. But firstly, I'd love to hear like, what was your story behind starting Oli Oli? So basically I have suffered from problematic skin since I was 15. I had severe cystic acne. Um, I pretty much tried every product under the sun from Miracotane, like topical treatments to having like the full Miracotane medication Um, and just, yeah, battled it for over 10, 12 years and I was just spending hundreds and hundreds and thousands of dollars on different products and treatments And it wasn't really until I was living in New Zealand um, with my now husband and I was just going through like serious insecurities with how I looked and how I was battling with acne for so long and why it wouldn't go away. And I started like reading a little bit about, I went down like the tunnel of um, parasites in your body and then I was like determined that it could have been that. And then I was like, anyway, it wasn't, but I went down a different, like kind of into the loophole and just decided I would start washing my face with water and not wearing makeup and my skin was still feeling dry so I started just putting coconut oil on it and that was sort of basically became my regime so I went um seven months at about seven or eight months and I just had completely stopped wearing makeup and started looking at myself in a different light and my skin started getting better the more the better I felt about myself I felt the better my skin got so it's crazy whether it's your ritual or your belief system or what you're actually doing, you know, it all plays such a role. Um, but yeah, and then really with my brand, it started was that I had found this solution to the problem and it was working for me, but my skin was still really like dry. So it'd be like a little bit flaky. I wasn't loving it. It didn't feel perfect, but my acne had completely, really, really, really completely cleared up. And I got my eyebrows waxed in London by this lady from Turkey. I think she was from Turkey. And she said, back home, we um, use this oil. You should try it. And it was called prickly pear seed oil. And I kind of, I couldn't really find where to get it. So I bought it off Amazon for like 20 pounds. 
And I was like, woke up the next morning and I was like, my skin feels like a baby's bum. Like literally I was like, touch my face, like Dale. And I was saying to everyone, I'm like, what is this stuff? I was like, and then that just became it. It was just water, prickly pear seed oil. And of course the occasional times I wear makeup if I have something on, but um, yeah, it was pretty much the solution to finding myself in yeah within really like and finding that beauty and a little bit of a glow and also just like this miracle oil so that's what I was calling it and using it religiously and came back to Australia pregnant and I found that I couldn't find it here um there was one place one brand selling it at David Jones for $90 and I thought damn, I'm not going to be able to afford this. Like, (laughs) how am I going to keep up my favourite product of all time? So, yeah, thus began the journey of Buy Oli Oli. Wow. And, yeah. I love that. Like, it's really just coming back to the roots and what I've been going through recently, just less is more. What I love about this product is that it's – just not only the passion behind it, but it is the authentic solution to your problem that you had. And I think that that's so powerful that you not only wanted to source this for yourself, but then you wanted this to be the miracle solution for other people because you'd gone through the journey, gone through a journey that a lot of people have touched base with, I believe, in my life, like going through struggles with skin and acne. But yours was, I recall it, from many, many years ago. Like it was a struggle for you. And so to go through these ins and outs and then to bring a product to life that is authentically giving you that solution, like that's so powerful to me. So like what has, how has this product changed your life? Like given that story? Yeah, I think that it has in that I just, I just have found this person, maybe it comes with age, but you find, I found confidence in myself And I actually have realized that you just don't need all the stuff we think that we need. We're just, every day a new brand literally pops up. It's particularly in skincare. And even with clothing, like we're always chasing the next thing and the next trend. And like, for me, I don't see, I see oil in general as such a, such a solution to most people's problems because what we do and what we, what I was taught with acne was buy oil free products. And what's actually happening is your body then goes into overproduction of oil because you're stripping your skin of its natural oil. So it goes, alert, alert, produce more oil, produce more pimples. Mm. And really what it needed was oil so bad. And that's what I gave back to my skin. And I think that like it doesn't matter what oil you use. I'm a really strong believer that oil should be a part of everyone's skin routine if they're using skin routine like using products in their skin because you'll find there's a lot of makeups that are like oil free so you've got this product on your face that's trying to like get like you know strip that oil from your skin and you're having it on your face all day so you need to re-put that back into your body you need to be putting it back in um so yeah whether it's prickly pear seed oil or it's avocado oil or it's hemp seed oil like honestly I love hemp seed oil and I just always say like hemp is the future mushrooms are the future but hemp (laughs) hemp is like such an amazing oil but it stinks it just smells interesting so bad like that's what I actually wanted to initially do because I know that I could get Australian made and that was originally a huge part was I wanted to sell both because I think they both serve so many health benefits And a huge part of the environment is 
where you source your product and where things are coming from and it, it's just amazing to be an Australian brand I'd love to be an Australian made as well like I'd love the product to be sourced here but it's just not that simple that you can't you know we don't have the farms here and the people pressing the tiny little seeds you know it's not that but like hemp seed oil is beautiful but it's it really smells yeah so you've got to be able to like face you've got to sure. be able to, <laughs> to cope with that smell and like some people like that smell but for me it's too intense and, yeah and um yeah so with Violioli, like how did that take off like when you decided and from when where you are now like what's that in-between journey of starting a brand it is sustainable and I know you've had your challenges but what has happened in between there and like can you share with me the biggest challenges in having a sustainable business yeah so honestly like there's so much more that goes into a brand than anyone can really imagine and for me my initial solution to the problem was that I didn't want to spend $90 on 30 mils because I was like a 30 mil bottle is like just going to go in like it's not going to last me long enough and I was like googling where can I buy prickly pear seed oil in bulk and then I was like oh I can buy a litre I was like maybe I'll buy a litre and just give it to a few of my friends because they'll love it and then they'll realize that this shit is amazing and um so that's kind of really where it began and then we were also going through um big issues with my husband's visa and um he didn't have work rights and we had a baby on the way and because we'd been living overseas of course I didn't have any jobs to pay me any maternity leave so we were definitely going to be in a tricky financial situation and I was trying to find a way we could start something together that he could help me with a little bit um with a graphic design background that we could do together while we have our baby And then obviously the pandemic started as well and it just became a whole mix of like why there's just more reason, more reasons to pursue this than not to. And um, yeah, so I started sourcing it and I tried to find, for me, it was all about like finding a supplier that I knew was sourcing it fair and the people were being paid properly and understanding like where it was, how it was farmed really. And so um, having an organic label on a product is actually faces huge challenges for farms, particularly small farms overseas. So we actually do source it from a small farm in northern India and we know that they're paid fairly and we know that the crop itself of prickly pear seed is from a cactus is like one of the most sustainable crops in the world to grow and it requires little to no water. So even for it to be organic... It, it is in nature itself is a plant that just grows so easily that having that label just associated with it is where it's not on our brand. We're not an organic prickly pear seed oil because this is where like the minimum orders come in. Like it was thousands more to buy the organic version of the oil. And I'm like not in a posi- – I wasn't in a position to spend $9,000 on just the raw ingredient before even adding bottles in and labels and boxes and – all the other parts of the business. So, yeah, so that's how we source our oil. Um, and then I decided I wanted to hand pour it as opposed to having it filled in a company in and through, through an industry or a factory because I wanted it to come right back to one simple ingredient that's hand filled and to the best ability in natural light and using as little stock as possible. So I only started with 100 bottles 
Um, that's why they're a pretty generic looking bottle too. You'll find that a lot of these beauty brands have like the branding printed directly onto the bottle. But for me, it was so important to find a bottle that I knew could be recycled and the labels. Yeah. Like I went, um, I love Mavis peanut butter. I love how you can take the label off, put them in the dishwasher and then you've got these jars you can store all your stuff in at home. So I, um, contacted them found out what label printer they use and that's how I source my labels um, so that they can be easily removed and the bottle can be recycled. I love that. Well, I want to touch base on your, like the ability to go through like finding a solution. Obviously it's dealing with acne. I feel like as a young person, we were always, and whenever I saw people who had that, you just want to cover it up. You want to hide. You're like, okay, cool. I'm going to use makeup to hide behind these pimples and then the problem's only getting worse. But to come out of that, like I've worn makeup five times this year. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. And I, but that was, I feel like we have the same story with that beautiful influence in our life. And so it's been seven months and I can most definitely, I don't know whether it's from the inside out, but I look at myself in the mirror so differently now. And for me to go from, I found that, like I spoke about this the other day, makeup was a bit of a drug as in I got the high when I had it on and it was like a filter. Like if you have the filters on the Instagram on my face and then when I'd take it off, not only would I be feeling like drier skin and whatever, but I would, it'd be like a low and I'd look at myself in the mirror and I'd be able to see those flaws Mm. that I had hidden the day before. And it was just like a come down to my own reality and to being who I was. And I found that that was such a mind fuck like why would I want to look at myself authentically as not enough whereas with makeup on it's way better like it's just like it's not authentic at all and so for me I can definitely say that after seven months I can look at myself in the mirror and I'm like so much more confident Mm. and it's authentic like that's only coming from feeling pure and seeing myself in the purest light so with you like how did you how did what influenced that journey to be able to take the makeup off and to really go through that deep dive of seeing how you would cope, I guess, because I feel like that's, that's courageous Mm. struggling with that type of thing. Yeah, for sure. And, you know, as I said, I was living in New Zealand and we were living, um, at the top of a volcano, like at the bottom of a volcano and we had such a tiny village and there wasn't much outside influence. Like we used to, it was only a few years ago. So was it four years ago, but, um, because of where we were to get internet, um, we had to pay like $10 for like, I think it was like one gig of data or something like that. I don't even, I don't know how it all works, but it wasn't very much. So we never did it. Me and my husband, I went off Instagram completely at the time. So really the only people I had judging me was my own reflection because people don't care. You think that people care about how you look, but the only person who really cares is yourself. And so I just, and my husband said to me, like, I don't know why you put it on. It just makes your pimples look worse. Like it just makes them more obvious, which in the kind, he didn't mean it in a harsh way. It was like the truth that I wasn't seeing was that by covering it, it only made it more obvious that it was there. So Um, it was very hard at the start and I was working in the reception of a hotel. So I was very much the face of everyone that came in. So I was feeling very like uncomfortable and I felt like I wasn't getting dressed for work because I think it's such a part of your like ritual when you leave the house is to like women feel that a part of their presentation and effort that they've gone to is by wearing a face, 
which is a bit sad because a guy can go to work, put on their, if they go to work in a business attire, their suit is enough for them to be dressed presentably. But for us, if we wear nice clothing or whatever it is that fits our job, if we haven't got makeup on, it's almost like, oh, they didn't really like put the effort in or, Mm. and that's kind of what we're like, I feel like not trained to believe, but you almost just think that's how it is. We are conditioned to believe that. Yeah, conditioned to believe that. So I think it was like a little bit like at the start, I was actually concerned I'd get maybe in trouble from the manager. Mm. I was really like thinking, is this the wrong thing to do? And then as time went on and I realised, what the, I got like five more minutes to myself this morning to like drink my tea. It was like, and I was also opening the reception. So I was on at 5am in the morning. So it was actually just so good to just wake up wash my face, dry my face and go to work. And yeah. then once I started going to work every day like that and then I realised like when you exercise, God, how much better does it feel if you haven't got anything on your face? Like mm. so good that it just became... sweat without those blocked pores. Yeah, it just became normal for me to do. And then it was really like I was saying to you that I not much of a selfie person, but I'd gone for a run and I felt really proud of myself and I took a picture and I looked at the photo and I was like... I look really beautiful. And I said to myself for the first time at like 27 years old that I thought that I was beautiful. And I thought, how has that happened that it's taken me that long to look at myself as my true self and think that I'm beautiful? Not look at these photos of me with makeup on and still judge myself and say like this isn't good enough or what it's just so sad so then I really came past that and I have to thank Dale for that because he was the one who said like you look great without makeup and that and I remember a boy in school that I really was like so in love with like you know how you are in high school and he said to me the same thing like why do you wear makeup it doesn't even look make you look good and I was thinking ew I look disgusting without makeup and like that stuck with me so much that this person who I was completely obsessed with actually wasn't into me because I wore makeup Mm. and then you I don't know so I think that it is empowering. It really makes you find this version of yourself that you can trust. And like, definitely I have my days where I need a bit of a boost and I like to wear makeup. I like to put it on sometimes because it does make me feel a bit fancy, especially being a mum when you're just always in clothes that have stains on them. Like, or, you you know, you just want to feel a bit better about yourself. It's a great tool. Yeah. But I think it's novelty. Yeah. Yeah. But I think it's, it's a more important tool to just look at yourself and see who who you are really yeah oh my god without it the journey of the last seven months for me has been so empowering to truly come back to myself and as you said you're like how has it taken me till 27 years old I'm almost 30 but most people won't go through this Mm. like this is completely undoing conditioning and as you said with going to work and being the face of reception that was a job I did growing up like I was always front office and And uh, more recently, I've been able to do stuff on the computer so I don't have to be see anybody. So that's never been an issue. But throughout this journey, it was a couple of months ago, I got asked to work back in my old work where I would be on the front office, like I'd be reception. And I said, I was like, it was, uh, my mum was getting me the job. And I said, I'm not going to work there though, if I have to wear makeup if that's a rule, if like a boss comes down and says, I have, to, I have to wear makeup, it's a no. And I just felt myself just like, it sort of came out. It was like, I didn't think about what I was saying. It was like this really strong boundary that I was setting. And I was like, 
holy shit, I stand by that. Mm. And then I was like, start making me think like we've been conditioned as women that every time you have to go to work, most people go to work nine to five, five days a week, that they have to put makeup on. And I'm like, that is so crazy that we've normalised that and to like not do it, you said you might get in trouble. Yeah. In trouble for like just being your own face, like without putting something on it. Like that is the conditioning we've been brought up in and it's, mental like that we've normalized that and then I go into questioning I'm like how many my skin's I think so amazing right now compared to when it compared to years and years and years of wearing makeup because I haven't worn makeup Mm. less is more and so it's like then we're conditioned to put the makeup on then take it off with all these different products and then we are stripping that microbiome and like destroying everything you said like about our skin and we're wondering why we then need more products yeah and everything is designed every product on the market is designed to buy another product yeah and like I sorry if I just cut you off there but it's like I tried I have most of my wholesalers have actually reached out to me which is really special because people see this and they I think that um the branding is like very you know, it's very unique and it looks really nice and people kind of like reach out and like that. Um, my creative director, like she's just done such a beautiful job at like creating what it looks like. And people love what things look like. They mm-hmm. love they love that the bottle looks cute on their bathroom shelf, but it's so much more than that. But that's also a huge element and a part of like creating a brand is like how it looks. And like, that's what drives people to buy it because everything's marketing, you know. Yeah. But I think that once you you use it, you're like, okay, yeah, I love this. Doesn't matter what it came in. Like I literally had closed the store. I had to close the store because I'm moving interstate. And one of my customers somehow placed an order and I messaged her and I said, I'm so sorry, I can't get this product out to you. And she's like, please, I don't even care if it comes in a plastic Tupperware. Like I don't, because I was like, I can give you it without a label and not in its proper packaging or anything. And she was just like, I don't care if it comes in a Tupperware. Like I just need this. And I thought like it was so funny because yeah, it goes past that now. It doesn't matter. She sold on it, but um, yeah, they're oh, like the wholesalers denying, like saying that they didn't want to stock me because I don't have enough of a range, mm. or like marketing companies actually wanting to like invest in the business because they like the idea, they like the branding, but they don't want to do it unless you have a plan for multiple products. Yeah, and I just don't really like. I understand the point of it, but the idea of my brand isn't for people to consume. It's to consume less and need less and that's kind of like the ethos of it and I know it's not going to make me a millionaire or may not even pay the bills it definitely doesn't yet but it's like a part of like why I did this in the first place well it's authentic like you don't that the whole point is it is like you don't want to be who the fuck wants to be buying multiple products like I went through my um whole bathroom and throughout anything that I could if I look back on the label and I can't pronounce it if I can't pronounce an ingredient it's a chemical and I don't fucking want that on my skin so it was out in the bin done and I'm like just it made me really have this awareness I'm like oh my god you put that on and then you like you're doing all these different things and I don't even know what's affecting me and Jonty said this to me um the other day and I've been using it every night on his skin so Thursday Friday Saturday Sunday he's had a facial every night because he's came back from New Zealand and he had dry skin and I was like yes you've got dry skin I'm going to use this product on you and give you a mini facial every night and he also was the person who influenced me to stop using makeup because so much like your story he was like I don't think you look better with makeup on in regards like he wasn't 
judging or criticizing mm. me. It's just like, I love how you look. And it was so empowering to hear that and have that support. But then also on top of that, he's very big advocate on not putting any chemicals in your body and it's toxin. So I've definitely been influenced and inspired by his perception on that and the one biggest thing that he brought up for me was that this is a single ingredient you're using Mm. so if you actually start to notice the difference and you can know that it is that single ingredient it's like if you're eating food and you're trying to figure out what's wrong what you're putting in your system if you're putting all these different ingredients you can't break down which one it might be that's affecting you Mm. but if you do that you know that diet where you like start from scratch and you start to add food in like that's probably the only real way you could figure it out without testing but with when it comes to our skin we don't really have that uh I suppose we don't have the benefit of doing that so with this product like I'm able to like apply it to his face and my face and know that because I'm not using anything else we actually know the difference Mm. and it's fucking amazing I think this is product like has made my skin feel so like nourished and for someone who like I don't really get dry skin all I'll put on my body at the moment is olive oil like organic olive oil and that will help keep myself fresh but um yeah, like and hydrated, but this product is just amazing, and I know it's that one product. Yeah, like I don't think it's like the ten different other, other products I'm using, or like maybe it's counterbalancing that what I'm doing with the cleansing, then moisturizing, and all that. Like I know because I've stripped everything else from my face that it's this one product, and I think that's why it's so powerful because it is that one ingredient, and I feel like that is also. Well, so your biggest blessing and all the consumers' biggest blessings, like we only have to use this one product, it's become quite the speed bump for you in being a business and being able to make money and being sustainable and like other people wanting to invest, but then they want to push that little consumerism on you where you have to create more products Mm. and bring that to life. And like that must just be such a struggle. So like what for you in regards to that, like, is it I know that you're all about sustainability so when how is it possible for you to make more products like authentically or would that be going against where you're at at the moment I would say like a challenge that I'm faced with the idea of bringing more products is that I simply don't use other products so I have a lot of friends who use um Hyaluronic acid, for example. That's a really hot product at the moment, hyaluronic acid or um, the vitamin A products and vitamin C products and all these different products to help stop ageing. Or so, so for me, <laughs> I'm just like a bit of a – I don't really need anything else, so it's hard for me to go, okay, I, I want to make another product or bring this in or bring this serum in because I just don't generally use it. So probably market research would be a good one for me. Um, but at the moment – on the occasion when I do wear makeup, I would like to wash my face with something that isn't in packaging. And that was one thing, like if prickly pear seed oil came in a hot, hard block, I would just be, it would just be amazing for me because it is all the bottles and the labels and the boxes and getting it to the, the customer in the first place. That is the part of the brand that is not sustainable. And so I am actually in the process of creating a zero waste facial cleansing bar that is all Australian ingredients. So I don't think like I have my own cleansing bar that I've been using from another brand that I've literally had it for over a year because that's how little I think you need a cleanser. So Mm. again, it wouldn't be like consume, consume, buy this product, buy it next month again, because I, I don't think that with facial cleansing bars, they actually last so long. Same as shampoo blocks and conditioner blocks. 
they last so long and you're not using the packaging. And I think that, that that's amazing. So that's definitely where I want to go as a brand is like the, the bigger I grow, the more sustainable I become because you can't do things sustainably at the beginning. Like the MOQs, like the minimum order numbers, quantities for anything is so substantial. It's just not possible to do the right thing from the beginning, which is a real shame like a real shame, like trying to do biodegradable boxes or plant-based packaging. Some places like I've inquired about, like I found these amazing pouches and I was like, I definitely want to use them. Like they're, they're just going to be the perfect thing to go with my brand. It was like a minimum order of 20,000 units. Like, first of all, if you don't even think of the money of that, I only have a customer base of under 200 people. Like, I'm not going to sell 20,000 pouches. So then that's not sustainable because I've got this whole pile of waste just sitting there that if it took me however many years to eventually sell them, well, maybe my imagery, maybe my branding's changed or my logo's changed or, you know. So I think that there's there's so many challenges. And where are you going to store that? <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm a mum. I'm working from home. I've got it all in like a little cupboard. Like it's crazy to – it is very, very hard to do the right thing. From, from, to do it do it the right way for the environment for sure yeah and and do you think that bigger companies who are doing it all they're selling all the products to counterbalance all the other ones um do you think they're doing it right like I think there's anyone? definitely some great brands and every day bigger brands are doing little things for sure even like the things like using plastic if certain brands might have like material um their products in plastic packaging like now you're seeing like 50 percent recycled plastic or like you know their bottles are made from that or whatever it is you can't I couldn't go and try and find if I wanted to use plastic which I don't but I couldn't go and find a plastic bottle to put it in unless the minimum order that was recycled plastic unless the minimum order was huge because yeah. they don't sell it to you it's like I really wanted the glass bottles to be post-consumer glass so like re-recycled glass so not new made glass reused glass yeah minimum order numbers just too high like impossible a thousand units I would have done because I would have gone okay I know that eventually or I hope I'm going to sell a thousand products but I'm not going to sell 20,000 products you know this is my I'm doing this while I'm a mum and working in another casual job like it's not something that's a attainable goal yeah so I think that there's there's definitely so big brands can definitely do that because they already have customer bases of thousands and thousands and thousands of people. So they can make those choices. But there is just brands from the get-go, like Emma, Emma Lewisham, like such an amazing brand and the science behind it and the the care for the environment. It's so inspiring. Like she's just so inspiring and she has the whole cycle of like how you can send the bottle back or you can get the refillables and it's just really inspiring and like I've been really wanting to do refillables for Oli Olive from the beginning but it's the same thing it's buying heaps of plastic pouches that may not sell and also it, it doesn't the oil doesn't last as well in plastic and it starts to soak up the plastics in it so it's the type of thing that I would do I would need to fill send to the customer and have the customer put straight in a bottle so it's a, a small bottle. business it's um and just having small quantities that is what I'm hearing is like one of the biggest challenges because 
you're not able to sell as much, but also like, where are you going to store it in the meantime? Like, and it's just, it, again, it's a waste and you have a really big issue with waste. And I really want to touch base on this because it's like in the depths of who you are. And I found it so inspiring. So when did this start for you? Like you're so environmentally friendly, you've been vegan for how many years? Like ever since I met you, you've just had this passion for sustainability. And it's been really inspiring to be a friend because you are leading the way. Thank you. (laughs) But I think that a big problem I had was putting too much pressure on myself as an individual to make change. And also this pressure that like, I, you know, oh, one person's not going to make a difference. You know, people would say that. And I'm like, one person can make a difference. And I really, truly like put so much on myself in that. Like I went through this stage where I would not use a disposable coffee cup ever. And then I just was looking at people thinking, why are they using a disposable coffee cup? And it was becoming so judgmental and it was also like controlling my life so much that like I'd forget a bag when I went to the shops and it would be like me carrying all this stuff in my arms because I was just too stressed about getting a plastic bag and then realise that I go to work and there's just all this stuff that can be recycled that's not being recycled or like why is there all this stuff that just gets thrown in the bin or like, like food waste is like the it's just so massive and when you work in hospitality and you're clearing plates and you're just looking at it go in the bin you think geez what does my one coffee cup on the occasion make that much of a difference you know so I think I had to like step back a little bit as well and like take a bit of the pressure off because I was doing it too extreme like yeah with the vegan stuff it was very extreme and I was like how can people eat that you know, or like, and it was like judgment really Mm. at the end of the day, everyone's just doing the best that they can do or that they think is the right thing to do. No one wants to be doing the wrong thing or they're just not taking the initiative to make change. Yeah. And that's okay because everyone's their own person and I need to just like step back a little bit. So with Ollie Ollie, it was very much for me was to, to the, the grassroots of it was to do it the best I can do it. Yeah. And that's why I was saying with like the adhesive labels to be removed easily so that the bottle can be recycled because I know that like the dropper can't and I haven't come up with a solution for it. And I don't even think there is a solution to a plastic lid, glass dropper, rubber thing to be a sustainable thing. Like I just don't think that that's an option. And it's also not sustainable to have a product in a 30 mil bottle because then you need another 30 mil bottle when that one runs out. And to produce the diff, you know, to produce a glass bottle environmentally, like the factory that makes it produces, you know, like toxins and whatever into the planet. So like everything comes with another, like a back end to how it was created. So that's why when, you know, you think of a plastic refillable pouch, you might say, well, that's not sustainable. That can't be recycled. But unfortunately, most of the stuff that we think can be recycled isn't anyway because we don't have the infrastructure for it. And that's the really sad part of when you get into the nitty-gritty of sustainability and thinking that one individual can make a change, it actually comes from such a bigger place. Mm. It comes from these companies who need to make bigger changes. And I think that that's why I've, like, loosened up a little bit and kind of found this bit of, like, acceptance in only doing the best I can do and not comparing myself so much because I definitely look at yeah brands like Emma Lewisham and just like dream to be like that but I also have to remember that like her funding and how big her brand is is entirely different to what I am and like yeah so I think you just got to try and do the best that you can and that's how you'll grow anyway 
Yeah, I feel like with your passion behind it and how intensely you feel, it's just like in this world today, it'd be so triggering just everywhere you look, someone using a plastic bag, someone not using a, using a keep cup. Like I feel like if you didn't have that more compassion and move into that with yourself, it's just, it's so, it sounds so stressful. So where like I know, for example, I have this kind of stress when I see maybe something happening with like parents and children because of ending up in rehab. Like it was quite an extreme that pushed me to, have fears and standards about how I would behave in certain areas in my life and how I sort of expect other people to do so because of fear of trauma, let's say. Mm. But with you, like, where did this start? As it, Was it as a child? Like, where did the, your passion for the environment begin? Do you know, I don't truly know the iconic moment, but I definitely remember someone telling me in school, uh, when I left high school, about um, how cows produce methane when they... Uh, when they do pops, farts, whatever you want to call it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and um, how like the f- agriculture and farming industry, and it was like I never even put two and two together. I never even considered that it was an animal, you know. So it really for, for me initially it came from eating animals and how that impacted the environment. But now as a parent I have a very different perception on it and I don't um, look at it in the same way as I did but I think that was sort of the first card for me. And then it was also like I'd, I've always done a lot of work with countries in poverty and done a lot of volunteering stuff from a young age. And I remember I wanted to buy these shoes in high school, these high – no, not high school, when I was 18. I wanted to buy these high heels for my birthday or something ridiculous. And they were really cool, these black pumps, and they were just like so, so cool. And I think they were like $100 or maybe $80, something like ludicrous back then that I thought was so much money. And I went out for my birthday and got drunk and I lost one. And <laughs> I love that. So I lost one of these shoes, right? I come home drunk and crying to my mum. Oh. And I'm crying about the shoe and mum's like, it's okay, it's just a shoe. And I'm like, but I could have given that money. I could have given that money to this charity at the time that I was working, volunteering with. And it was so ridiculous that I was just so over the top about it. It wasn't even that I'd lost my shoe. It was that I had a shoe that now couldn't be used. So that was wasteful. And that I could have donated the money instead. And it was so like, it was really stressing me out and I felt like everything that happened to me I felt like I can't cry and I can't feel that because someone has it worse so I was always comparing myself to these situations that were so much worse so I think the drive really came for me with the environment was like this is something I can change and I think that like when I started investigating it and finding stuff like I'm a mad head on recycling like it's just always been something like I call the city like when I moved to the Gold Coast in 2015 I contacted the city council the Gold Coast Council and ask them why isn't there recycle bins on the beaches and how are we going to get them in? I love you. That's amazing. And like <laughs> I was contacting them all the time, calling them all the time, like what's happening. And then it was like, oh, when the Commonwealth Games, we'll have them scattered across like the area of like Northern Gold Coast. And you'll notice you'll see them around Broad Beach a bit more and whatever. But they, uh, they told me then, so what was it? They said like in three years or something, they're going to start putting the infrastructure in. And I was like, in three years, it's not that hard to just go and get some coloured bins and put them on the beach, you know, like because I'd see people drinking at Burley Hill and all these glass bottles were just going into this bin. And like glass is like aluminium it's just like infinite you can just keep recycling and recycling and recycling and recycling it and I think why not yeah you know so like in Victoria where my parents are from their city council I was contacting them about food waste because the other council um 
can't think of the name right. Bayside Council was doing um, in their plant bins, you know how you can like put your sticks and stuff in the green waste bin. Well, they're allowed to put their food in it as well and then the food goes. And like if food goes to landfill, it just can't break down. But if it goes to and, – and it, when it tries to, it just produces the wrong chemicals into the atmosphere – but if it goes to its own natural environment to break down, of course a carrot's going to break down and these vegetables are going to break down. So I'm like, why are they collecting green waste and we can't put our food in with it? Because it will break down. So I contacted the Monash Council and I was saying, like, when are you going to do this? And now it's in, you know? So, like, it can happen. This yeah, can well, happen. Oh, you just got to push yeah. for it. Yeah. And, like, these aren't massive things. These are, these are, like, things that are attainable. And it frustrates me because I think there's so much more that can be done that an individual – on their own, just having a little compost bin in their garden, it makes a change, but it takes every single person to be doing that as well. Like it's like you may the, be the individual out of like 200 people, but you're then one of only 200 people. Like it's like you other people have to be taking their part as well when we talk about the individual. Yeah. Because like, we all have to play that part. And then it's so what I hear is it's just so then stressful on the individual who gives a fuck. Like yeah. you're calling the council, you're crying to your mum, but I see the beauty in that perspective. You sort of spoke about like, oh, how ridiculous that I'm sort of seeing that someone's always worse off. I see that you you had this perspective that I fucking definitely didn't two weeks ago or even before speaking to you today, let alone when I was 18 and I lost a pump. Like I'd be more selfishly care about myself. I couldn't care how I donated that money. I would have wanted it for another pair of heels. Like yeah. I, I definitely didn't have that perspective that you do. And I think it's so empowering because we see it a lot more, I think, with like, the younger generations, like my little cousin, she's very progressive. She'll only buy from sustainable brands and it's inspiring, especially like I'm inspired by her because she'll be on my case and she'll speak her truth to me if I purchase something from fast fashion. And it's something that, you know, I'm a bit like shut up at times, but I need to hear because we need that, right? Mm. We need the voices in the room. We need the person calling counsel and you have always been this person. And it's like, it's so empowering to see, <laughs> but it's like, it's, but also on the counter side, it's like, it's so stressful because it does land on these individuals who care more about the world. Yeah, definitely. Right? You're taking on the stress of what other people aren't doing when they're not doing their part. And I definitely wouldn't say that I'm like, I even understand recycling, right? Like, so I'm like a very big rookie. Yeah, I care about the world, but it's like, I just don't have the depths of this knowledge. So like, is it, oh, like, I don't remember ever being educated on this either. Like, I always come back to like, were we educated on this? This is such a basic thing. And I think maybe they're getting more educated on it now in schools because I see the kids be more progressive. For but, sure. Like, yeah, even at Marlo's kindy, like, he's two and a half and in daycare they have, like, the recycling stuff. They're actually just washing it. And they're teaching the kids that they have to wash the stuff to go in the recycle. Because nothing that goes in the recycle bin, if it's not clean and the labels aren't removed, it's not getting recycled. So mm. it's – there's so – like when I was in it's Germany – Yeah, it's a process. And like in Germany, you go – if you're in like an impar- apartment block and you go into like the way where you put all your bins and everything, it's like everyone will have separate sections in their apartment for like plastic bottles, glass bottles, general waste and pla- – and boxes and you go into their like apartment box and it's like boxes bottles plastics your bin your food waste and it's just so refreshing you're like why aren't we doing that here and also like germany is a great example of the glass recycling because if you like you get your money back for your glass here we're doing that now 
here and, you know, you can get cash for change or whatever it's coins for change. Yeah, like, or, it's like 10 cents or something? Yeah, 10 yeah, cents yeah, for a yeah. bottle. Five, five or 10 where cents. Do you, where do you even hand those in? I wouldn't There's a, quite a few of them around. Okay. Um, I'd have to tell you the name, but this is my problem. I'm really bad at remembering names of things. Tell me my favourite song. I would not be able to tell you. But um, it's called Cash for Change or Coins for something or other. But yeah, yeah. so we go and do that now because the reason I do that is not for the $10 I get at the end of the month or whatever it is. It's I would do that for free. It's because I know Directed 100% they're actually getting recycled. Yeah. Whereas there's this, I don't know the, the awful statistic of what goes in the recycle bin that's not recycled, but it's massive. Yeah. If you wrap your plastic, like if you put your recycling in the house in a plastic bag, tie that plastic bag and put it up straight to landfill. They're not sorting that out for you, you know? So it's like so much of it. And that's the problem. It comes down to the individual to try and fix the problem. And people don't want to do that. It's easier to just chuck your stuff in the recycle bin, think you're doing the right thing, but really I haven't washed it. So it's probably not going to. Oh, I'm a hundred percent guilty of that. And I think that it's like just implementing those small changes, like 1% each day, but it's like, I do when I'm, and that's the thing, like being around people and speaking to people like you who are doing it, it's inspiring. Cause then you, then it's like, without you meaning to, I'd now feel guilt in not doing it. Oh, I you know, know like, and yeah. I should, because I should be doing my part. And it's like a tiny little thing each day. I'm probably just lazy. It's just like, oh, my headspace isn't there, but your headspace has always been there thinking about this and the depths of it. And like, we need more people like you in the world, because what do you think the future is looking like when it comes to like this this situation like I know for a fact that we're like in a pretty grim situation and we've used that word when we're speaking about it before but like is there is for you do you think there is a solution for us I I honestly it's such a hard question I'm a really optimistic person and I really believe that you know good things will happen but it is does feel grim at the moment because it feels like there's so much environmentally that's happening climate wars around the world like dictatorships and governments there's too much happening right now it does feel grim and that's why I think it's so like some days I'm like I'm not doing enough with Oli Oli like it's not sustainable enough like there should be more being done and then other days I'm like I'm doing the best I can and also like there's so much other bad stuff in the world I've just got to keep going you know like and keep doing it and I think that like there's no real solution right now it's just people awareness is like the best thing you can do is just taking the initiative to do small things and not put pressure on yourself because it's completely I was in such an unhealthy place when I was so obsessed with it it was unhealthy it was causing problems in my relationships with people because my judgment was getting caught in the way like why aren't they doing that like why do they not care and it was making me think different things about the people that I love and Mm. I don't love people because they sure I'm drawn to people who do awesome things for the environment or for whatever like any for people like I just love I love people that have passion and but I think there has to come a point where you're like all right I'm going to step back a little bit there and just be aware and do what I think is right and educate along the way but not What's the word? Um, shame. I don't think you like shame or, or like um, brainwash people into like like making them feel that that they have to do that. Like I just like to say preach. That's the thing. So yeah. I would probably say I was a bit of a preacher when I first became vegan. Like a lot of vegans are. 
I was like so shocked by the industry that I felt like I had to tell people and if they didn't know, I would force them into knowing. Whereas now it's like I wouldn't even bring it up. I mean, I'm not vegan, you know, and I don't even label, I don't even like the label associated with that because I like, I think honeybees are so fundamental, well, they are, not I think, they are the fundamental to the survival of the planet. So finding, supporting honey beekeepers is like, it's so important. We need to be doing that. Like, so we need to be like, so because ha- they create honey. Yeah. Yeah. So like it purchase to, because I've always wondered that like when people are vegan, they don't have honey, right? Yeah. yeah. And so like if you we all stopped having honey, what would that mean? Or like helping them produce, what would that mean? Well, it's a lot more complex. It's very complicated in that regard because I think it comes down to like, it's almost like, you know, buy local. Like if, yeah. is it, For me, one of the big things was like, is it the right idea for me to buy tofu that's wrapped in all this packaging that's produced artificial, like, you know, it's Mm. from like a bean, but then it's like now artificial. And is that a better choice than going down to the farmer's market and buying fish that's just being caught in the sea around the corner? And either way, it's already been caught and it's dead. Like, yeah. so it's like, it's already, and then you come back to waste. So it's like, you're kind of helping with the waste management then. But it sounds like even what you're saying is like, it comes back to your village. Yeah. Well, I think it's like, and that, that's the same thing with the honey. Sorry, you were talking about the honey, but if you're supporting a local farmer who is protecting native bees, yeah. that is so important. That is so much more important than buying agave syrup. This is in my own opinion. And this is why like, I don't actually like talking about veganism because I think that there's so many opinions and like there's a protection of the bees and the bees. Maybe it's better not even to go into this, but yeah. I, I, I just think there's like, so there's so much that comes with every time you do something right, you've really got to feel like there's just, if you wanted to do everything right, literally we'd be naked and hungry and that's it. In this society today, you can only do the best that you can do because we don't have a village anymore the way that we used to and we're not sticking together and then people are going off and like hunters and gatherers and working together to be in a little community. It's just not how it works. You know, we're in our little tiny, we're in our little homes or our massive homes with all this space and all these things, but no one in there with you. Like you think of the size of most people's homes today and how many people could be in there with them. Oh my Particularly gosh, so here, you see these places being built and they're holiday homes for people and you think – like I've been in the rental industry on the Gold Coast in the last two years and moved four times with a baby and we now have to leave because it's just impossible. Yeah. And you think that they just have too much. We're just over-consuming everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's like let's take a step back and just slow fuck down a bit. Yeah, and I think that's so important, like the overconsumption. Like last night I watched and I thoroughly recommend to everyone and we'll come back to the skincare with this and it's all combined is I watched on Netflix they have those mini document series called Under Explained and in season three they have one called Your Skin and it's so powerful even from the get-go it's like basically says that the advertising that's done on any skincare products like you know how they do the zoom in on what your skin will look like and it's like beautifully bumpy they're like no one's looks like that Mm -hmm. even the most perfect skin like as as soon as you look too close you're going to be like whoa and they show people who are like got this microphone like little glass on them and they can see 
um, their skin and they're like, ugh, ugh. And I'm like, that used to be my problem. I used to like pick at my skin. But basically it goes into the history of soap and whatnot, but then you come around to consumerism and what sells. And basically it's just like sex sells. Like when they were trying to get people to start using soap back in the day, the way they sold that is through being like you're clean and they used racist caricatures to explain that black people darker people were dirty and so even back then it was just like crazy what they used and the consumerism wise and then it goes on to say how they had soap and from soap when everyone started to realize that that was making that chemical imbalance in your skin and your skin was being dry and irritated they brought in moisturizer and then from moisturizer you have your cleansing balms and it goes so on and so on anti-aging and whatnot but like basically it's just like bulk consumerism and we've really idealized that people who have more space more things more of everything that they're superior Mm. and it all comes back to that with what I was watching in this documentary as well but it's just like yeah we've got a massive issue with that and the capitalism in, in society so overcoming like it, that alone let alone like it's like just telling us to basically buy more of everything so how do we like overcome that when you're obviously trying to like for me I'm just asking this question myself like I'm trying to promote to people and my friends who are suffering from skin issues as well I'm like I haven't washed my hair in all year I've used makeup five times like less is more like Mm -hmm. I don't know if it's because I am falling more in love with myself because I can see myself clearly now but like I don't need these products I've thrown out so much stuff and yet I see people just like freaking out and panicking and buying the next best thing on the market and as you were saying to me earlier like there's always something new every day every day and so like in your process of just wanting to be like bring everyone back to less and you know be promote more of and be an advocate for more of the village lifestyle that we live like everyone can just support each other and like we can use each other's space and things and like waste wise like if I had stuff in my fridge I would so much prefer like someone in my street to have it rather than put Mm. it in the bin and it's just so frustrating that that's not the way we're living but yeah I feel like in the skincare industry like what has been like what would be I guess some advice you would give to people who were trying to maybe like come back to themselves or like overcome acne what would you say I think that just going off what you were saying a little bit before that about why we're losing touch with that is we are so attached to our devices and comparison and in that alone we're also got ads that are built from the algorithms of what we're looking at so you'll have a skincare brand pop up that you've not seen before and you'll go and then you'll see it again. So it's like seven touches or something it does. You'll see it again. Subscribe. You'll subscribe to the email. You'll get it in your mailbox. And then next thing you know, your friends bought it too because they they know. They go for the same type of people and whatever it is. And you go, okay, well, I need this now. So like we also like when I started Oli Oli, I didn't want there to be sales because it generated consumerism and I didn't want to do much marketing. And I basically was like, I want people to use this product because they like it and they need it and that's it. And if you don't need it, don't worry about it kind of thing. So of my sales, almost all of them, 99% of them have been organic sales. No push, 
word of mouth, whatever it is, told by one person, repeat customers, however it goes. I spent, because I was so sure that my brand was being drowned by all the other brands popping up every day, Mm. that I needed to do marketing. So in the midst of like working, starting a new job with a little toddler who wouldn't get off my breast and a no family support, I was like, okay, I've got to start a marketing campaign. So I spent everything I'd made in the business, nearly eight and a half thousand dollars on a campaign that went for three months that resulted in zero sales. And I lost all of the, all of the work that I had put in for a whole year was just down the drain. Wow. And it was so devastating. Do I continue this? Do I pursue this? Mm. And then I've got these customers contacting me who truly love this product. And I do honestly have a fair number of my customers are return because they love the oil and they don't use anything else now or they use it in with their other routine. So there's definitely friend, like customers and friends of mine who are using it alongside other products that they love and it just is a part of their ritual. So I think it really depends on what you do and like if you're wearing makeup every day, like people who wear makeup every day are still using cleansers and serums and then they might use Oli Oli for a little bit of a boost. Because I think a lot of people love the hydration boost that you get from it. So mm, love some, it. some people still use their moisturiser in the morning and then their sun cream and they don't like putting the Oli Oli on because they don't, they prefer their makeup looking, you know, matte as opposed to dewy or whatever it is. Then I have people who use it with their foundation because they like their foundation to look dewy and then you know so it's like it really depends on what you're using I have people who just use it on their hair because that's really like initially like prickly pear seed oil was like phenomenal for hair like argan oil it was like the next argan oil and so I think like it just it it I do have the drive to continue but I definitely am at a point of like well where do I go with this marketing wise because I'm very in my own world against social media Mm -hmm. I think we're always manipulated into thinking we need more than we do Mm -hmm. so it's a really hard place to be in a business um where you do need consumerism to survive yeah um and I do do sales now because if I don't I don't get customers so and um one of my Stockist. She is a um, very sustainable online store and her she's called Slow. Her whole movement is to do with like being slow and considering your impact. And like she used to work for David Jones and was very much like she got so stressed about the sales and like 70% off Black Friday. She's like it's just the whole year is like mm. based around the consumerism and the sales. So she never wanted to do it. Such a fight to keep up. Like yeah. it's, it's just so insane. And that's so true. What I'm thinking there is like you couldn't even type into Google solutions for acne and just be curious without that then popping up on your Instagram mm. or speak about it and then those ads flooding in. Mm-hmm. And that's just mental that we can't like, you know, and I was never I've never used any of those uh anything like that in order to buy stuff. And I've been like, can't we go on Instagram today and buy it? I know that I had a year or maybe a year and a half off at least a year off Instagram when I went into rehab because I was like what can I remove from my life that is absolute poison that's fucking with my head giving me comparison making me feel less than making me feel not enough and Instagram was one of them and as soon as I went back on I deleted everything that was consumerism based anything that was like a fashion brand and delete I just unfollowed 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 I did a big purge of anything like that only wanted people who I loved on them 
And then now it's, that was pre-ads. So now it's like there's ads. People are paying to be in my fucking feed. So like we can't speak about absolutely anything. Like Jonty spoke about something the other day and instantly it was in, the ad was in oh, his feed. It's crazy, and it's it? like, yeah, people can't even be curious about their skin and they're, they're flooded with all these solutions. And it's amazing. Like imagine, you know, it, it preys on your insecurity. All advertising preys on insecurities. And in this situation, I don't think that there's anything – that people would feel more insecure about than their skin. Like mm-hmm. even our skin is, it's a representation of who we are. And well, it's, it's like the face. one thing that people can visually see. So if it's, you're feeling insecure about that and someone's showing you this solution, as if you wouldn't then invest in that, if it's made you get, get that high. And I think it's just so dangerous. And I know what you mean. It's like you, you're... I feel like I've always said to people who are similar to you, like they don't fully believe in Instagram. It's like the choiceless choice when it comes to business. Yeah, you, you have to do it. be on it. Like everyone's on it. And so like with you, have you, when you put that marketing money, where did that go? Was that down the drain ads or like where was it meant <laughs> the, to go? Well, most of it went to the agency. And this is a problem too, is like marketing agencies can't promise you anything. So, and a lot of them are then sending the money overseas and paying someone else nothing for it, making big bank on you Mm -hmm. because you don't know the tools and how to do it. At the end of the day, I could have just paid for the Facebook ads myself yeah, and just not known how the algorithms work and just taken a risk and been way better off instead of paying the additional thousand dollar fee for every moment of contact kind of thing that you do. So it's a huge investment marketing if you are starting a business finding marketing that you can trust and have been actually referred to or doing your research is everything. I was so stressed and rushed that I just did it because I thought we need more sales. I need a bit more money. I want to produce another product. I was like so in this rat race that it was the biggest mistake I've made. But you have to make mistakes to grow. And I also definitely am at a stage where, like I'm saying about Instagram, I'm always like, do I continue doing this? Like, What's the point? Do I just keep my customers, fill it once, you know, do a sale one, like literally like open my store two times a year, sell the 100 mil bottles, close the store and just do it for the sake of people being able to access this amazing product? Or do I can pursue it and have to go down the route of running my socials and doing marketing and paying for ads and p- pushing this on people because that's how it works? So it is really hard. I'm definitely at a bit of a standstill. I also think as well, maybe I just want to be in more stores and then I don't need to worry about the rest of it. Um, It is challenging. So yeah, when you're saying like, where does the future go? Like, does it feel grim? Yeah, it feels grim and it feels very confronting being someone who has to try and sell a product. Mm. I would love for this to be my job. I would love to have my brand and every day I'm doing all of my stuff with it. I'm in touch with my wholesalers and I'm doing my accounts and I'm my own businesswoman so I can be with my son and be with my family. Mm. But it's actually something I'm doing as well as working and not being there because I'm trying to be successful in a world where everyone's trying to do the same thing. Yeah, so but you're authentic. Really, that's the difference. <laughs> it's like that's like that's your, the difficult part is that you have a beautiful conscience. And it's like when you are that and you don't want to buy into – 
the capitalist consumerism society where you're preying on people's insecurities and jumping in their feeds and like you know doing that push that you don't feel really aligned with and then and other people are and we're in a world where we are being brainwashed and that's how people are purchasing stuff it's like the competition is outweighing like your pureness pureness i guess and it's like it's it's so conflicting to even hear about because it's like as someone who loves this product i will be a lifetime supporter of this product and i know that when i posted a photo of it my friends a few people were like oh i love that product like i use it and it's so beautiful to hear Mm. you've obviously got your return customers it's a miracle product that everybody wants but you're like you're struggling with this pureness you have it's like that's my biggest frustration in the world right now when it comes to people who are so genuine and bringing a product to life that is going to make a difference in individuals worlds and it isn't for the money like obviously you want it to be your job and everyone and you deserve to get paid for that and see financial freedom through that but like you're not just bringing out another product to basically be like oh this has to go with that and that, mm. like you know you're not doing that it, and that's just so frustrating to hear because it's like it goes down to again sustainability like you know that that would be a waste because they don't need it yeah yeah and so but when you're trying to bring out this next one because you're like okay so we all wear makeup every now and then what helps then to bring it out it's it can be a cleanser cool I'm going to invest in that like it's it's your at the standstill and that's mm. so frustrating to hear so what would you like going back I guess like it does we all have to make mistakes and you've learned a lot throughout this these mistakes that you have made but like what is some advice that you would give yourself if you were starting this venture again oh it's it is tough but definitely it would be the marketing it would be I think it would be probably trying to get more support with my son for sure it would be trying to put less pressure on myself and be there more for him or myself like I you know I used to be obsessed with Pilates and yoga and I don't exercise anymore because I don't have the time to do it and I don't make the time to do it. Anytime Marlo would nap, which he wasn't a very good napper, but anytime he would, I would be on my laptop doing Ollie Ollie again. Mm. I haven't taken a step back and taken time for myself. And I think the biggest lesson I can say is you can't you can't do anything right and well if you're not looking after yourself. So mm. at the end of the day, it, there's not going to be no success in a brand if I'm not looking after myself and my family. So it's like the law of attraction, you know, like things come when you're feeling like happy, good things happen. And like, you know, well, I, I believe that. I believe I totally that like, believe you know, the, the more, the better energy you have, the better energy is drawn. And so I think with the brand, like as well, like if I'm feeling like I'm in a real tiz, well, it's not going to bring anything to me, is it? So I definitely think for myself, it's slow down. It is a rat race out there in every element mm-hmm. and give it, an, like I do want to give it another year. I really want to recover from this big, loss in the marketing and um I would love to see other products come even before the facial cleanser because they're less of a um, investment and you know myself I love using oil on my body so that's definitely in the cards there of doing a body oil or a hair Mm. oil or even an intimacy oil like we're all in a world of this consumerism but I also believe that when it's something that you use and you stick to and it also lasts a long time then you're not actually consuming if it's something you're going to do anyway because we are not living the way we used to live 
so we're exposed to chemicals and all sorts of things in our days and toxins that we need to like actually we do actually like I feel like my skin gets really dry like when I go to Melbourne my skin gets so dry even just being on Mm. the plane so it's like that's exposure to all different environmental changes so the oil's beautiful for that but maybe it's not something that someone who lives in a really humid climate all year round needs or yeah do you know what I mean so I think it's like everybody will know what they need but I think that the the message I think to people is to find that you are you and it doesn't really matter what everyone thinks that you need it's only really what you you need to feel the best version of yourself yeah and I'll get like a real gut response when I have um like maybe it's some someone tells me about you should go to this chiropractor you should go to whatever it is like because maybe I've done so much work on myself in regards to making those mistakes like I guess like the you know the pharmacy they told me the pharmacist um I was in, in that industry where they basically was just like here have your riddle and have this do that mm. like and I just said yes to anything because I had similar to the skin thing like I had the insecurity around my mental health so I was just needed a solution right then and there. And they could sell me anything and tell me anything. And I would have said yes. But um, yeah, I think that like it's it was such an insecurity to me. So it's like for people to, I have a gut response when it's something that I know I need. But mm. I feel like coming back to that is so hard because you have to really separate yourself from your insecurities in order to get there and be like, okay, no, I know this is the right product for me or whatever it is. And I don't believe many people have that. Not when your head's like being brainwashed 24-7. So it's like, yeah, I think that what you said as well is so important. When you come back to your own health and you look after yourself, you're actually able to listen to that gut response. But not many people are doing that because we are in this rat race. Yeah. And unfortunately enough, it's like when you are not looking after yourself, our skin is just the visual representation of how we actually feel, right? You've got to stay hydrated. We've got to eat well. We've got to look after ourselves. And like, so so many people are having skin issues and they just keep putting stuff on from the outside in when really it does start from the inside out. Absolutely. Yeah. And also with anything that we consume, we need to be asking ourselves before we consume, why do I really need this? Do I need this? And Yeah, like, do I need this and why do I really need this? Because I think that we are just so manipulated into everything now. Like, we we just really, really are and it is. And we're we're a society that's like, yep, we get that instant gratification and we need that. We need that to survive. So, like, we need to keep up with the next trend because, well, everyone else is. And if we're not, we're, we're just getting left behind. And I just am excited to, I think here particularly, like I love this place. I love the land. I love everything about it. But I think it's changing at such a rapid, rapid rate. rate, And everyone's on the Gold Coast. And everyone's on this one trend that like you all need to be on because these influencers are doing it and I need to be up with that. Mm -hmm. And you get caught on that. And it's like people don't even have frown lines here anymore. And it's like, where is, where is the age gone? Like, where is our, Mm. you can't differentiate who anyone is anymore. And I think it's like, I remember at school, I so, so, so clearly remember them saying at school that one day in, this was in psychology, they were talking about how there's going to be one gender in the future and so like yeah so I was born in 1990 so this is a long time ago and I must have been about 15 and they were talking about how there was this in the future there's going to be one gender and this is me thinking well 
that's not going to happen in my lifetime. Mm. And <laughs> But you see it now, the way that obviously you can tell the difference, but it's even things like in men's fashion now, skirts are becoming a, a part of their – like, you know, in the real fashion industry. And that's awesome. Like, I think wear whoever you are, be whoever you are. Like, that's so fine. And, like, yeah. there's nothing – I'm not saying there's anything wrong with people being either gender or dressing however they are, but it's just amazing to see how much has changed and how much our image is driven into who we are as opposed to, like, liking certain things. It's, like – and being interested in certain things. It's, like, it's all about what you actually look like. Mm. and like wearing the makeup and having the lips and having the you know it's just like all this like it's just being like merged into one frightening scene of like wait but who's the person Mm. inside that facade yeah and it's all well and good if you want to wear a skirt do anything to be honest but is it actually I just asked that question is is it really you and did you make that decision without the trend or without your conditioning or without wanting to be currently in fashion or liked or complimented like who are you and is it yours and like I said to you I was like oh my wardrobe is massive like it's you know I'd love to cut it down but I definitely don't go out I've never been someone who and I hear a lot of friends they're like I've got an engagement I need to go find a dress for that thing like I'll most likely have something that I absolutely love because it's like I will I've used a bit of the law of attraction and I'll like go on Pinterest you know curate my own style and then I will see exactly what I want in the shops and when I'm just walking through and I'm like oh cool I'll grab that now I never really particularly go shopping for something and so it's like I've just created things that I love and mm. I never throw them out because I love them. Like it was never bought off something's an in, in influence, I guess. And I think that like that was probably come a lot from not following any trends anymore, like being able to detach myself from that. But it's like, yeah, we're going into a world where it's so much has changed in such a short period of time and it can be such a good influence. We've got a lot of progression. We've got the younger generations being sustainable but they've also like there's so much power in that and when it's used to sell products it's scary Mm. it's like oh we're using this in a way that's like it's you look at those countries and you would have seen it and it's like countries third world countries are just filled with all the clothes that we have like just like roll up there and they just smother that country's land and then you go to Bali and people think they're doing such a beautiful treat by bringing all the orphans they're leftover clothes and they don't need that they need milk they're literally like every time they're like stop bringing us clothes we don't need more clothes they've got enough clothes you keep bringing out like so much fashion here we don't need it we need literally to feed these kids Mm. and that's what people aren't providing and so yeah we just have the wrong idea when it comes down to consumerism and unfortunately things are just getting more fast pace easily accessible and cheaper So it's just like... Well, that's the biggest problem is the price. Yeah. Like I... So I am very, as you can see, I am environmental and I like to consider my footprint when it comes to everything. And I've got a little boy and I like to shop at the op shop because I like secondhand stuff. I think it's like way better for the environment. Used to be cheaper. I can buy him a whole new tracksuit at Kmart cheaper than I can buy him a t-shirt at the op shop. And that's a problem. Like I understand it's a charity and that's the cause for it. Mm-hmm. It's also like we haven't been in a good financial place the last few years. So it's not only that it's an environmental thing for me. It's also been like a choice that I was making because we needed to save money. And I never went into Kmart. I just was really like not that, you know, 
I judge anyone for going to Kmart, but I was really strictly like I didn't like the way the whole industry of it works and how quick it changes and how they copy every brand. Like now they like literally sell exactly the same stuff that Ikea has designed for years and years and years and had like as their mm-hmm. staple things. And like even though it's probably made in the same place, it's just the principle that bothers me. Yeah. And I um, – yeah, I went in there recently because I was like – literally that is ridiculous I'm not paying nine dollars for a t-shirt with a stain on it for Marlo like that he's just gonna stain anyway I was like it's just crazy and I went in there and I was like what (laughs) it's so cheap how can anyone compete with that so you know you've got these new brands who are using plant dyes making their tracksuit whatever like a nice tracksuit but then Kmart's going to just bring one out in a very similar colour. People aren't going to know the difference because you haven't got a logo on your tracksuit anyway. And that brand is like going to suffer, that yeah, young brand. Yeah. Not because Kmart's copied it because obviously everyone's done tracksuits, but it's always the way. These bigger, huge, huge companies are always going to win. Yeah. Like that's just it. Once they get onto something, then you're kind of like defeated. So I think it's really like such a challenging time with advertising, with being caught up in fashion, with being caught up in what everyone else is doing and just trying to like find your authentic self isn't really easy. And we're, we're actually lucky because we're older and we can find ourselves separating. We, we can see like I opened my phone and my husband said he has not been on social media for five years and he said um, that – when you open Instagram, you need to say to yourself, like, this is like a drug for me and this is not good for me. The same way if you're going to go out and binge drink, you'll say to yourself, like, all right, I'm going to have to look after myself this week so I'm having a big night or something. Like, you have mm-hmm. to be conscious of those little things or mm-hmm. whatever it is that you're doing, going for fast food or eating something super unhealthy. Like, you're not going to do that every single day of the week. Some people do and that's dangerous. that's fine and that's dangerous but yeah. you know you do you but like mm-hmm. I think it's like there's this element of like if you open your social media account you just need to give yourself like it's like an affirmation to yourself mm-hmm. when you're doing something that you need that that reassurance you also need to be saying to yourself this is bad for me this is a reminder mm. because it is at the end of the day it is not good for you and doesn't serve you health benefits it just creates disconnection and it's a comparison yeah. I call it a vortex like I think it's a hundred percent like as soon as I'm in I'm like Zhoop! like and the thing for me that I really struggle with is that it's my work is on there mm. so I'm like oh I just in this mind fuck where I'm like I don't want to be on there I don't want to be on there it's fucking my head and right now I can't um flick my phone up I need to just get a new phone but again I don't I'm so I'm like I don't want to go into the Apple industry I can't decide what phone I want because I know it's not serving me oh so babe I'm there and, I literally just had to get a new phone <laughs> to go and invest in something that's not serving me like yeah the camera side of it I'm like oh I'm so excited for that but I'm like apart from that I'm like I can't flick up so normally oh, up until maybe less than a month ago I would actually just delete Instagram off my phone so work like for three days a week do all my work on Instagram and then for four days a week it would not be on my phone but obviously I started doing the podcast again and now like I've had to be on there a little bit more myself like we were communicating through there for example Mm. and so it's like I am on there but it fucking drives me insane and I and then I end up being like that's 15 minutes of my time I could have been doing so many different things and I'm obsessed with time so then I feel this 
this guilt and shame that comes up, but it's an absolute vortex. And oh yeah. And here I am saying I haven't exercised all year, but imagine you looked how long I was on Instagram oh, and yeah. I'm someone who's aware of it. So I think that the concern comes like, I really, for me, I just think like young people with anxiety and like, where is that anxiety stemming from? Like I've been working in hospitality and the young people there, if a customer complains about something, they just go into this spiral of fear and tears and you think like, well, it's all good. Like they just, you didn't cook the meal for them. Like don't stress, Mm. just get a manager. It's all good. But it's like my operations manager was talking to me and she was saying like, do you think young people have more anxiety? Like what's going on? And I was like, yes, because they Mm. don't know how to socialize properly anymore. Mm. And they always receive instant gratification any and we don't allow ourselves to just be with ourselves anymore if you're waiting for a bus or your friend's five minutes late or you're I don't know walking to your car you're on your phone not you but like literally I'm guilty of it probably I mean I am too because I'm so busy all the time I don't even reply to my text messages then I've got all these people who've messaged me and I'm like okay I better reply to them and it's like it becomes like a job and you do have to be on there and like I notice as a parent so much that I'm like I'm so sorry Marlo I've just got to send this message and I think but why do I need to like what we've become so easily contactable that you can remain in touch with too many people at once that really unless they were your neighbor you wouldn't be speaking to them every day or every few days or every week. Like it's just so too much. Yeah, and it's like, oh, it's like fake connection. And like even I say to my friends when they – maybe I call them, it's a missed call and they call me back. The first thing that I notice people do is like, sorry. And they explain why. And I'm like, I always cut them off. I'm like, don't say sorry. You don't owe me a reason as to why you didn't answer my phone call and why you didn't drop anything you were doing to speak with me. Like, or why you were busy or why you were living your life or why you were at work. Like, you don't owe me that. Like, I'm just stoked to hear you now. I called if you didn't answer, you didn't answer. Like, that's, unless like we organized a time for that exact thing, like you do not owe me an apology, but Mm. we're so used to now I've noticed like people are just like, Oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. I took so long to reply. Like I'm always saying to people that I'm I'm guilty of it myself saying that I'm sorry for taking so long to reply when I just like, I'm not in the mood, but that's the, we've got this like instant demand now from people that they owe us their attention. And like, that's why we're all strapped for time. Mm. because we feel like we fucking owe everybody to our fucking selves and like that's why we've got to come back to boundaries and for me boundaries really started when I left rehab and the first thing I knew I had to get off was Instagram because I was in rehab at 27 years old I spent my 27th birthday in rehab do you think comparing myself to a model was a fucking good idea at that time absolutely (laughs) like when I just yeah exactly like I need to survive and like just get myself better into a place where I can merge back into society and get a job let alone think that I'm going to be an Instagram model or compare myself to this yacht wife that led living and I had to stop doing that. And I was like, that's one thing. Like, it's just not even possible. And since going back on it, it's just pure comparison. And then you look at the younger kids and at least we were talking about this the other day, at least like my feed and everything we've had, it's curated as like a little photo album, right? Mm. We've got years and years worth of um, all of our photos from all of our lifetime. And we just keep it like that. It is what it is. And then you see younger kids now who are like 17 years old and they will make 
make sure they have maybe like 12 photos. Yes. And it's perfectly created, curated as if like some photographer is coming along and going to hire them as a model. And it's like, who is that for? Like at least I know that our Instagram accounts were for us, but now it's changing so much that everything is for someone else. Everything is for, as you were saying, they're getting instant gratification when they're online. Like, mm. And they were coming from that little um, everyone got a trophy phase. Like I definitely didn't go through that. No, as a kid. You, if you lost the race, you lost the race. <laughs> yeah. That's yeah, yeah. the thing. Like there's no. Win. You didn't come first. So you don't get a fucking medal. You don't even get first anymore in some schools. They have so many of these things where everyone needs to be treated the same what are we trying to set them up for because if they're set up to believe if everyone is set up to believe that we're equal the reality is we're not like we should be treated equally and we should be treated fairly for a vast number of reasons but at the end of the day if Johnny's a faster runner than Kate Mm. Well, he is. Yeah. So she's just either going to have to train harder or her genetics aren't made up that way. Yeah. And that's the truth of the fact. So Johnny won. He gets the first place. Like I don't get upset because I'm not in the Olympics doing gymnastics because I didn't pursue that. Yeah. But also it wasn't my gift. And I think that like you taking away people's like gifts because – everyone needs to be treated fairly or like, I, I don't know, it's so complex, but it just feels like these kids are being treated as though everyone, like my friends who are teachers are just like, oh my God, it is impossible to be a teacher now. Like you've got these helicopter parents like saying, you can't tell my kid that they can't do that. Like where does it, where does it end? Like mm. where does it really end? Because if you don't want your child to be disciplined in school, mm. Then how are they – what's going to happen when they get a job when they're 18 or well, hopefully when they're younger and they're working in something when they're in high school? But, like, how do they know how to respond to real-life scenarios? Well, discipline is freedom. Like, you, I needed discipline coming out of – and self-love is self-discipline as well. So it's like we need it. I always say, especially to John T now, like I come from – family where like my mom we we use sarcasm and we can be quite mean in our sarcasm but it's not something that I want to be continuing with if it ever hurts somebody and so like I'm the biggest advocate for being held accountable for my shit Mm. and especially because I've lost a lot of friendships over the years don't know where it went wrong along the lines no one really told me which I would have loved but like just I think it was just a lack of accountability Mm. like and and I want so I want that in my life like I want discipline and accountability from people around me because then they're supporting me and we're just not doing that these days we're being like oh no you're so amazing at everything you do and it's like that's just not the fucking reality and so I do I see it it, it's a dangerous time so we're going into a place where like kids are comparing themselves more than ever they're instantly attached to this phone more than ever they've got this fake connection which is fucking confusing as I'm hearing my little cousin and her friends talk about a a girl at school they're like oh she can't believe she got those shoes oh my god I got those shoes and she got these shoes first of all those shoes didn't even fucking exist when I was in school thank god because they weren't on the internet we didn't have really access unless we had home on our computer to look it up but we weren't talking about what kids were wearing fashion wise and comparing it that wasn't a thing and mm. I was like to them I'm like you know realize this wasn't a thing 13 years ago when I was your age like of course there was kids at school I remember who had like billabong and I remember my mom like we didn't didn't grow up with money like a lot of money so 
yeah, I used to really want Billabong. Like, oh my God, I want to be the surfer girl. I want Billabong. Yeah. And like I, mum got me something like piping hot from Target. And I remember being like so embarrassed. But like that is to the level of like extremes of like, it was like when we were younger as well, it was really literally like the brands in the surf shops. Yeah, yeah. And the brand, the no brand. And that was kind of it because, but now there's like, everything everywhere from handbags to what have you Mm. like it's so extreme and these kids just can't work out who they are because Mm. they're just given too much and And influencers are now telling them who to be oh yeah so like these are people who've just gone famous for god knows what reason some people the bachelor some people just because they have an awesome ass and what we're saying the other day is that the influencers think that they're actually influencing other people but it's their audience that's now controlling them Mm. so their audience is like if they don't give heaps of likes on this certain photo but they give it on this other one where they're like not wearing anything and half naked then they'll continue to do that yeah because they they have also made that their finances and I think what I was thinking about before was like for me again and for you Instagram and making sure that we're financially rewarded has become a blur because Mm. we you need Instagram for business I need it to get paid for work and so then I'm like, oh, I want to re- fully retract from this. I don't want anything to do with this, but also like I need to get paid and you're similar. But then so are these influencers. So yeah, when it comes sure. down to what they're choosing to post next, are they going to post the one where maybe, and this is just an assumption, like they're covered up and they're wearing a lot of clothes and they get fuck all likes or they're wearing hardly anything and they're getting heaps and heaps of likes because that's what their audience wants so they're going to obviously do that because then the next paycheck's going to be higher their followers are going to be higher like it just makes sense right but i think this blur between finances and now social media is just like that's where it's fucking people up and i even see it with my mom and facebook marketplace like yeah she's get she's hooked on that thing she's amazing oh. at it but hooked on that thing it because is it's cheaper she's getting better deals and it is a addictive too it's just the same thing like I literally I can't remember what it was the other day I was talking to Dale about and I went on marketplace just because it's like a habit to open up because we were selling so much when we were moving and it had the toy it had something I was talking about buying like a toy or something for Marlo for his potty training and it was just so weird I'm like I didn't even look that up on marketplace it knows even marketplace knows the algorithms Mm -hmm. the internet knows what you want and it's just reassuring you that you need it yeah you just got to be careful you got to create boundaries and I like I always 100% never have a phone at a table like it's just not okay to do you don't have it with breakfast you don't have it with lunch you don't have it with dinner and that's like a really really strict thing that I want to enforce in the house and And i just think like it's your digestive system for one yeah it's good for your relationships it's yeah really good for your children like we didn't i remember as a kid like mum would be on the phone and be like god get off the phone but at least it wasn't like blocking my face from her face like Mm. these days it's just so um yeah it's hard it's a hard time it's a hard time so where things are going to go is very much for me at the moment it's just just keep riding the wave as long as i can and yeah and try and yeah work out where to go from here and and do the right thing with with ollie ollie yeah do what i think is the best i can do and um take the conscious steps to consider where i'm purchasing my oil where i'm getting my bottles how they're being made Mm -hmm. every little aspect of it right down to like the packaging that it the customer receives it 
Yeah, in. and it is beautiful. Like, and I guess it's just like we've come full circle on sustainability. Like, how do you become a sustainable person? How do you become a sustainable brand? How do you become a sustainable with your devices that are a fucking vortex? But it's like with your and what you're just saying just then, like your branding is fucking divine. Like, I believe when I received it, I was like, it just yeah, it it really is just. My, filled my soul. I was like, oh, this is Thank you. so lovely. And like even the little gua sha, like it's all so beautifully aligned. And yeah, to know that it's sustainable, to know that it's something that I'm going to have. And I've used literally like probably two drops because I wasn't using anything. I was like, I won't ever go overboard because I'm just like initiating myself to something on my skin, on my face at the moment. But yeah, two drops, been doing a facial on John T each night and I've been probably putting like three drops on him and his skin in like four days, he's gone from being quite dry, being in the snow to full circle. It looks beautiful. I love touching it and the same with mine. And it's just, it's definitely the best oil I've ever used um, to compliment when you do gua sha. Mm. Like that's the best because it's just like, it just goes so far. Yeah. Like, and I'm actually, not- I think the, the tool really spreads it and you get a lot more. So I always yeah. actually like was using the same amount, but I had to go back, like yeah. use less when I use the tool because it spreads it so well, it really penetrates into the skin and yeah. Oh, it's the best. Uh, it is one of, it's the best product I've ever used on my skin, 100%. And when you do open up your store again, I would love to, um, tell everyone a little discount code or whatever we can do for them and promote that. But I'm like, I just want people to make sure that they get onto this product and to also like this main one is like to start thinking sustainably, shopping sustainably and hopefully like I have been today influenced by you and inspired by you. Like you just think so far into the depths of it. Like I've never walked along the beach and be like, where are the recyclable bins? (laughs) Never once done that. Like I've definitely looked in my fridge and be like, how the fuck can I stop wasting food? And how can I stop wasting clothes and things like that? But not to the depths of crying about my lost heel for other people. And I think that it's just such a beautiful influence. And when you have these people in your life, that do think in the depths of things that you might not you then like inspired by them and you start to take it on yourself and like whether it's I know that you've gone on the extreme of judgment but I think that it's about being like that's a fucking good judgment like that's a great judgment that you care about the world that we're all living in by the way like it's not just like you're going to suffer if climate change happens it's all of us are going to suffer and I think that it's definitely about like Go, when we purchase something online or are influenced to click on that next thing when we are in the Instagram vortex to come back to ourselves and ask those questions you did like why am I consuming this like do I need this and yeah I think that when it comes to a sustainable brand and if it comes to anyone who's wanting to change their skincare routine or is looking for the solution like this is 100% something I recommend trying and also like please sit with whatever it is that's making you think that you need to wear makeup all the time because I'm a very big advocate now for people to come back to themselves and love themselves completely bare face, naked, because that's who you are and there's only one of you and, like, you should love that person and, like, when you did look in that photo of yourself, Ella, and you were finally like, oh, my God, I look beautiful. Like, I've had those moments too and I hope that someone can hear this and go, it is so fucking possible for every Mm. single person to feel like that and I'm so glad we found that like I feel so blessed that we both have beautiful masculine influences in our life who 
showed us that we are that beautiful self like underneath all the consumerism products oh for sure because so much of that image of like it's not even just for ourselves it's like that's that desire to have someone want you and Mm. think that you're beautiful and really it came down to that they're the ones who showed us that we can be be ourselves so yeah no it's been super super special to be on here em and i'm so excited for your venture and it's amazing too that you you know, seeing that growth in you over the years and seeing that true beauty in yourself because literally like it is – I I would never say to my friend like, oh, my God, put more makeup on. So why would you so say it, Why would you say it to yourself? Mm. And you need to be – people need to be kinder to themselves. And, yeah, you need – like everyone needs to be kinder to the environment. I mean it's not too difficult to make a few little changes but it's also – it is difficult because we're so manipulated. So I think Mm. just I do the best I can. I appreciate every single one of my beautiful customers. Every every time I see a name come through to me and I don't know it, I make sure that I connect with that person. And I think like there's so much like that's the nice thing about being a small brand is every customer counts, you know, and I, um, yeah, I just appreciate – all of you so oh well I'm so glad to be one of those lucky customers Mm. and I'm so grateful and I'll be I'll post a little video of your products online because I think that it's just like changed my life and I hope that people can start investing more in people instead of like big companies and like to hear your passion I hope that this influences one person to be able to look at their waste at least um, but also like invest in sustainable brands because I think that that's the most important thing that we all need to be leaning towards especially because I only want to invest in so many things and purchase so many things these days so I want to know the background to it now and I'm so glad that we've been able to hear your background story because it's so inspiring and I'm so 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 happy that you've been on here today I'm so grateful thank you thank you so much Em oh thank you guys I hope you all enjoyed this and have a lovely day I'll see you next week See you, bye. If you made it this far, congratulations. You clearly learnt something, had a little giggle or somewhat enjoyed yourself. So do us a big juicy favour. Share this episode on your Instagram, tag Sheila's and Shenanigans and pop on over to Apple Podcasts to give us a five-star rating and an extra delightful review. Thanks for tuning in. Until next time, big love to all my party people.